the Power Pack Morning Zoo. Are you kidding me? Fire! It's the greatest radio show ever. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. He's a very successful writer. Vince Murata. Let's cut the crap, Mr. Murata. Sarah Tazell. She's got a job working with a bunch of wackos. And Jerry Carlin. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Good morning. Happy Tuesday, Valley sports fans. A fallout Tuesday in the Valley. Fallout from the Super Bowl. Fallout from our golf tournament. Fallout, like my hair. Is your hair falling out? (laughs) Yeah, you can tell, can't you? I don't know. It's pretty good. I've always said that we have the most hair on the station. It's a low bar. Yeah, Actually, yeah, that is know. true. That's a, it's that's Wolf, very very true. I mean, Wolf is yeah, Wolf's Bick, pretty good. Big makes up for my yeah thinning sod up mm-hmm. top. Wolf and Luke both pretty good heads of hair. Burns and Gambo, Wolf boy, <laughs> right? But I think, get a get a hat. Right, I've noticed right. Wolf oh, get a hat. <laughs> Wolf lately has been going the full Ackroyd with his hair kind of like sticking up like this. Pretty impressive. Full Ackroyd from Dragnet. <laughs> Joe Friday. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. The, dra- the Dragnet or the Tommy Boy look. So, so I think I think Jared actually was factoring himself into the... Yeah, equation. I'm saying all four of us. Yeah, because oh. Jared also is very moppish. He's got lots of... Well, if we, if we Although, count back and chest, we are far and away number mm-hmm. one. Oh. Sarah? Oh. Yeah. Yes? Ooh. What are you looking at me for? Uh, oh my gosh! We never know where we're going to end up in that first first couple sentences of the show. Yeah, yeah. have we covered that topic? Are we good? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. fallout is the correct word. There's uh, still a lot of smoldering embers, if you will, from those right. fires this weekend. Yep. Not that there was fires oh, no. at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Oh, that was one thing that was, was missing. A, yeah, you're right. Maybe they could have used some fires, warmed people up a little bit, right? <laughs> right. I'm surprised uh, that didn't happen. The yeah. turnover of garbage oh, right. cans. Yeah, garbage can? Yeah. Sort of like Rocky in the streets of Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah I, totally. Yeah. I can't wait until they make the documentary about the 2024 WWE. I, 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 I can't wait to get into it today because some of the fallout is really, really, it's, it's pretty amazing. It really, really is. Jim Trotter wrote a scathing piece about how change needs to come to the golf tournament he wasn't even there so so and i'm just saying that's part of the change you're talking about i need to go there and i've got a lot of respect for jim trotter but i'm just saying there's a lot of this change is going to happen there's you know the thunderbirds are going to do something but 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 some of this yeah it's i'm looking forward to getting into this i'll just tell you that yes isn't it so interesting that the the thing that's been the main attraction for this tournament is is now turning on itself that's why people have wanted to go to the tournament. And listen, and, and this because is, of the party, this is history repeating itself. This has already happened. I've already lived through this once before, maybe even twice. This is history repeating itself. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to it. And, we, and we've got Super Bowl fall. Kyle Shanahan is in danger of becoming the next Marv Levy. Oh, wow, how's that for a pull? That's the old Buffalo Bills head coach for all you youngins out there. Is Marv Levy still with us? I don't know. I know that he Jared, is, do you want to confidently announce this one way or yeah, the other? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Marv <laughs> I believe that Marv Levy is still alive. Still alive. 98 wow. years old. Right. Way to go, Marv. Way to hang in there, Marv. Congratulations, Marv, on your 30th consecutive year of looking 98. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. 
I don't know. Marv had a good head of hair himself. Oh, you did. He had but, that good white hair. Yeah, he did. But he, he had that. Uh, who was the old Tigers coach and Spark, Reds? Sparky Anderson. Yeah, the Sparky Anderson sort of always looked like he was 70 no matter what age he was. Oh, if you look, there's there's certain websites that have posted pictures of Sparky Anderson when he was like 34 years old. Right. And he looked like he was oh, 70. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something about <laughs> aging back in the day. People don't age that way anymore. It's a good point. People just look older in the it's past. Life, man. Yeah. yeah, life was very hard back then. I mean, I look at myself at 52. People weren't I, using lotion, you I, know. I look at my dad at 52. Uh-huh. Hard, oh, hard years. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. SPF is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's a, yeah. No doubt about That's it. That's the lesson. All and right, stop so- vaping, kids. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That'll suck out your face. Please. Right? There's no doubt about that. Stop vaping, kids. Start the show, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. The Suns back at it tonight for the first of back-to-back home games that will send them into the all-star break. The Sacramento Kings are in town to face the Suns at Footprint Center. Suns 31-22 and after Saturday's loss to Golden State, while the Kings get to the Valley with an almost identical 30-22 and record. Sacramento has lost three of four. Interestingly enough, the only win in that stretch was a 29-point blowout of the defending champion Nuggets last Friday night. Tonight's game gets underway. Nice and late at 8 o'clock with pregame uh, coverage starting those at 7. Starts. Those are fantastic. On Arizona Sports on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. Please, I'm begging the lawmakers of this great state of ours to make us Pacific time around the clock. Please. please. <laughs> if for no other group of people. Then for public address. For us. No, the yeah, four right. people yeah. in this yes. room. Uh, That's yeah. it. For us. Sometimes yeah. we can be selfish. We all cheer for our self-interest, yes, Vinny. Every one of us. Absolutely. Every last one of us. Yes. Uh, last night in the NBA, Charlotte shocked the Pacers 111-102. Philadelphia cooled off Cleveland 123-121. The Cavs had won nine straight and were 17-1 and in their last 18 games before last night. Dallas got past Washington as Luka and Kyrie each had 26. Minnesota crushed the Clippers 121-100. Milwaukee slowed down Denver 112-95 behind Giannis' 36. Victor Wenbanyama had a triple-double with 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks. Spurs blasted Toronto 122-99. And Golden State won again. They beat Utah 129-107. Good job by the Jazz. They held uh, Steph Curry to just seven three-pointers in that camp. Yeah. He is 27-48 of 48 from three-point range in his last three games. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good basketball player, Vinny. He's, I think he's got a good future. I think he does, too. Former Suns guard Jordan Goodwin has a new home. Goodwin was one of four players traded last Thursday in a three-team deal that landed him in Brooklyn, but the Nets waived him the next day, and after clearing waivers, he is signing on with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Goodwin played in 40 games off the Suns bench and averaged just under five points per game. Coyotes losing ways continued in Philadelphia as they fell to the Flyers 5-3. Yotes took a 3-2 lead in the second period on Alexander Kerfoot's eighth goal of the year, but they could not hold that lead. They gave up three Philly goals in the third, six Straight losses now for the Coyotes, who return home to face the Minnesota Wild for a Valentine's Day showdown at Mullet Arena tomorrow night. Uh, the same trends, too. Blowing leads in all of these games. Blew a two-game
game lead the other night. Yeah. Blew a lead last night. Uh, in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. Can are- I say something real quick? Oh, please. In, 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 no, in a weird way, I think that if just from a competitive standpoint, this is a, probably the best thing that could happen to the Coyotes. I, I don't think this team is in position to add at the trade deadline to make a playoff push, right? I mean, and so it it gets down to the Diamondbacks and and taking your shot too early, a year too early. Yeah, but and that's to, kind of what the Coyotes feel like to me. You I mean, have it, to factor in the arena situation though. Well, and another year without the playoffs, how does that affect? Yeah, those efforts. And if it's that's not a public a good point. vote, that's a good I mean, point. You avoid yeah, a lot of that, but. Uh, in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys tabbing veteran coach Mike Zimmer is their new defensive coordinator. Zimmer's been out of the NFL for the last two seasons after a nine-year run as the Vikings head coach. Where was he those last two years? Working with Deion Sanders' teams at Jackson State and Colorado wow. as a consultant. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers released Mitchell Trubisky, the former number 2 overall pick in 2017, started two games for the Steelers last season. The new AP College basketball top 25 was released on Monday. The top two remain the same. UConn, the defending national champion, still won, followed by Purdue. Houston jumped up two spots to number three. Marquette is number four in Arizona, back in the top five after their sweep of the Mountain Schools. They are in the fifth spot. The Wildcats remain the only Pac-12 team ranked, although Red Hot Washington State, which has won five straight, received votes. GCU, by the way, 22-2, and back on a five-game winning streak. They received 13 points in this week's balloting. And one other note from the top 25. Indiana State, 22-3. and three. They climbed into the rankings at number 23. First time the Sycamores have been ranked since 1979. Wow. When they had some guy named Larry, Larry Bird. Bird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Who's I, that? Did I ever tell you I went to the Larry Bird Hotel in Terre Haute, Indiana? That's how much of a Larry Bird dork I was. <laughs> I think you have told that story before. I did. What do they leave on your pillow at night? At it, the Larry it was a, it, well. Listen, everything everything was the same Larry Bird logo. You know how he like kind of put the ball, the basketball, by his like under his nose before he shot a free throw. That little kind of yeah, that was the logo, and it was like on the shower curtains. It was really? on everything. Yeah, what? Is, that that still, was, is that place still open? I don't know. It's a good question. Wow, we gotta look that up. Well, what was it called? The Larry, it was Bird, the Larry Hotel. Bird Hotel. Amazing. Terre Haute, Indiana. Arizona wing Pella Larson named the Pac-12 Player of the Week on Monday. The fourth different U of A player to win the award this year, joining Kylan Boswell. Umar Balo and Caleb Love. College football, UCLA has its new head coach. They've hired Deshaun Foster to take over the program. That hire was made necessary by head coach Chip Kelly bolting L.A. to take the O.C. job at Ohio State last week. Foster, a former running back for the Bruins, third all-time leading rusher, and he's been on their staff since 2017. And the day before workouts begin for the Arizona Diamondbacks, pitchers and catchers at Salt River Fields, believe it or not. Reports out of San Francisco indicate that free agent D.H. Jorge Soler, who had been a rumored target of the Diamondbacks this winter, is signing with the San Francisco Giants. There you go. There okay. is your splash. Three years, $42 million. Is that what he got? Yeah. Wow. So $14 million a year. Probably too much for the D-backs. I don't know. I don't know. Want to win a World Series? Yeah. <laughs> There's your splash for Tuesday, February 13th. Coming up. Suns back at it, trying to bounce back from a painful loss against the Warriors. They got the Kings in town tonight. We'll get you ready for it next. Pickling Marana Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Hey, it's Luke. How will the Phoenix Suns bounce back from a heartbreaking loss against Golden State? We're getting you ready for Suns-Kings at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Barnes will inbound far sideline. He gets it from James Williams. Slaps the ball. Looking. Still looking. Gets it to Malik Monk. He's going to shoot a three at the buzzer. He missed it. And the Suns win. Suns win it. 119-117. The final score. Their biggest comeback win of the season. Down 22. They rally. Fight all the way back and get their first win of the year against the Sacramento Kings. John Bloom on the final call back on January 16th at mm. Footprint Center. A, a memorable 22-point fourth quarter comeback by the Suns to topple the Kings. That was win number three in the midst of a seven-game win streak. Since that time, the Suns are 10-4, and four, and now the Kings are back in town again mm-hmm. uh, for another matchup tonight. And these two teams are separated by half a game in the Western Conference standings. And you may think, oh, it's February. Why are we looking at the standings? This is the time you start looking at the standings mm-hmm. even more seriously because there are so many teams jockeying for position. These two teams among them. And this is a, I think this is an enormous game for the Suns tonight. Enormous. That's yes. a big word. Yes. That's a really big word. I think that uh, the last time these two teams played was the start of, uh, of a, a new sense of possibilities yes. for the Suns. I think when they posted that comeback against a quality opponent, it kind of let them know how dangerous they could be and how far they could climb back in games. And then if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there a 27-point comeback against the Bulls shortly thereafter? Uh, all these the things ones, all blur together. I think 24 that started in the third okay. quarter. The very next game yeah, was right. another another comeback. Right. So, so right, I'm sorry, that was uh, that was two games la- uh, later. Yeah, right. the Pelicans, it, the Pacers, and then the yeah. right. It was yeah. all it was all kind of in the same uh-huh. little cluster yeah. of games. during that same win right. streak. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I think that on the list of games that, in my opinion, have been influential this season, that that Kings game is one of them. Yep. And I do agree with you that coming off of this loss to the Warriors, that you can shape to look like any way you want it to look. Um, it would be it would be fortifying to kind of win this game and and it kind of, you know, reestablish some things, if you will. Yeah, and, and aside from the Suns, just for a, a quick second, there is this growing belief that after what happened in San Francisco on Saturday night, the Warriors are playing much better basketball. They are now 8-4 and four since Draymond came back. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's humming. They've got a new big two in Steph Curry and Jonathan Kaminga. With with uh, Draymond Green kind of as as the ringleader, there's mm-hmm. this growing belief that don't count out the Warriors. Which how can you? How can you? They no, look you dead can't. in the water. Yep. Chris Paul's going to come back at some point. Mm-hmm. He's going to help the effort. So mm-hmm. that's another team you throw into the mix. Uh, Frank Vogel speaking at practice yesterday talked about that game on January 16th and uh, what he uh, learned about his team or what the, you know that win over the Kings taught them. Yeah, you know, every success like that is confidence boost. You know, I think the, the number one lesson is that, you know, this team is never out of the game with the firepower that we have and, and certainly that's what we can throw out there when we're fully healthy. Uh, but we got to play better up, in, you know, up until that point where we, we had the deficit and, uh, you know, there's definitely some things we can do better against this basketball team that we haven't quite gone to this point uh, that we're going to have to do tomorrow night against W. Yeah, and uh, only two games before the All-Star break tonight mm-hmm. and tomorrow night, Sacramento and Detroit. So anytime you get those back-to-back games, that second half is is tough, to, you know, regardless of who the opponent is. Detroit's playing much better. Bradley Beal said yesterday, hey, we want to 
win these two games, head strong into the break? Obviously, get two wins. You know, uh, we got to take it a game at a time first. But Sack is a tough opponent. You know, we played them very tough last time right here. I think what, that's the game. Kitty hit the game winner. So you know, that's a that was a really tough game, really fast paced game. We we seen what pace looks like. Uh, so we got our hands full tomorrow night for sure. Sabonis has been playing at an elite level. So we got to make sure we, we contain them, slow them down, and try to get to this break with, with two more wins and keep us at a good five. Yeah, Demontis Sabonis, by the way, leads the NBA in triple doubles. <laughs> you can believe that. Wow. Not an all-star. Uh, but remember, too, the, a big part of that comeback win against Sacramento was the Suns going small. Uh, that sparked a lot of discussion on this show uh-huh. about, hey, how much do you feature that small well, lineup? It was so effective. That I night. think the Suns were a little bit slow to go to a small lineup on Saturday night in San Francisco. I, I feel like since that game, they've gone with the ultra big lineup more they than they've gone with the small lineup. Yeah. That's sprinkled yeah. in. But, I mean, the key is not falling behind by 22 points, necessitating That's a, good idea. a small That's a good lineup. idea. Uh, Bradley Beal also was asked about what happened on uh, on Saturday. Going for the steal. Didn't come up with the steal. Led to the back-breaking three-pointer by Steph Curry and said, yeah, shouldn't have done that. Uh, yes. Uh, I, uh, we we didn't guard the last play the right way. Uh, but I still shouldn't have went for the steal. As close as it looked, I uh, probably still should have stayed solid and just forced him to shoot if he made it over me. You know, he, he, made, he makes it. I mean, that's what he does. You know, so... I'd rather have him have a contest over a hand versus no contest and a wide open look at the hoop. So, I mean, high side of it, I mean, we can, uh, Hunterson, I know I won't make that mistake again for sure. Uh, but I think we'll be a lot better uh, in the game. Yeah, he's so right. Um, you put a hand in his face. If he mm-hmm. makes it, he makes it. You walk away knowing you did everything you could. And I, again, we talked about it yesterday. Beal, the athletic inclination is hey, I can get to that ball. I can make a big play for my team uh-huh. and clinch the game, uh-huh. and he just came up short. Yeah. Then you can't well, get that's, Steph Curry that's, that's like a cornerback jumping a route yes. and then getting thrown over the top of. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, it's, it's, you appreciate the aggressiveness. You appreciate the intent. But, yeah, sometimes you don't do that stuff. Right. And I think this is also, um, a, a, you know, KD, during that stretch we talked about with the Sacramento game included, he was instrumental in that comeback. He hit the free throws to clinch that game. Uh, he was not at his best on Saturday night. No. And, you know, it's very rare that Kevin Durant, you can say he's got two consecutive games where he's not at his best. This could be a big Kevin Durant. This is a big game could for the be. Kings, too. Yeah. Oh, listen. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I, I think that this is kind of a time when, when when games among teams that are jostling for position begin to matter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they matter to the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Suns, the Kings. You can rattle them off. And so, yeah. And and so I think that if you, you handle it tonight, then you go into this last game with a real good frame of mind against the Pistons. You take care of them. Now you're at the All-Star break, if you will. You're 11 games over 500 at that point in time. You probably feel pretty good about yourself. And I think that at some point in time, maybe back in December, if somebody said, okay, plus 11 at the All-Star break, would you take it? People here would have run to that outcome. So that's what's in front of them. That is true. Arizona Sports and Copper Blues, Desert Ridge, giving you the perfect Valentine's Day combo. Wings and roses. If you order wings tonight from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., you get a dozen roses courtesy of Cactus Flowers while supplies last. Limit one per customer. Dine in only. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details. Coming up next, 
They're celebrating another Super Bowl win in Kansas City, but people are still talking about a certain sideline blow-up. We'll get into it next. Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, man, it was. Uh, I'm going I'm to keep it between us unless my mic up tells the world, but uh, I was just telling them how much I love them. Travis Kelsey. One of the answers he gave yeah. to the question, what happened between you and Andy Reid on the sideline? Here was another answer he gave uh, about the quote-unquote confrontation. Man, I was fired up, man. I was fired up, and we weren't hitting on on all cylinders, and um, I, I had to give Big Red a love tap there and, and let <laughs> him know that, that we was? were all here fighting for him no matter what. <laughs> Uh, all is yeah, well. that's an interesting. That's an interesting interpretation of of that borderline assault on the head coach, right on the sideline of the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was yeah. it was jarring because there mm-hmm. was, there was contact made. Um, there was Andy, anger. Andy Reid's reaction; he was completely taken off guard. I yeah. mean, they had just fumbled the football. He looked like Chris Rock during the Grammys, babe. <laughs> Oscars. Or the Academy Award, whatever they call it, yeah, the Oscars. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? He did. It was like he he like knew. Okay, my tight end just went nutso on me, and I've got to keep it together so it doesn't look like complete anarchy on our sidelines. Yes. It's a real bad look. The more I went back, because this story started to grow yesterday, and it started to grow in a weird way. It was like, do the Swifties approve of Travis Kelsey now that he showed such visceral anger? Now that he was so irrational and so emotionally immature. Take the Swifty part out of it. That was a horrible look for Travis. Kelsey. Yes, I agree. And I, 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 and they're trying to laugh it off and that's all well and good, but that's not cool. And there were a lot of, there were a lot of players calling BS, African-American players, by the way. If I did that to my coach... I would be out on a rail. AJ Brown tweeted that out. Let us rewind on this from this show to last football season, the 2022 football season, the Cardinals beating the New Orleans Saints on that Thursday night game. And one of the most memorable images from the season and that game certainly was Kyler Murray frustrated coming mm-hmm. to the sideline and yelling at his coach, and you could read his lips, calm the bleep down. <laughs> there was no surprise element to it. There was no physical contact made. And at that point, neither one of us was really in the camp of Cliff Kingsbury as the future head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, right. But that was not acceptable. No. You can't talk to there, your coach that way. No, it's a breach of authority. And you've got to have respect for authority, especially if you don't want um, a total disciplinary breakdown happening on your football team. And, and Travis Kelsey knows that. And for him to lose it the way he did on that stage, the way he did. Now, I get Travis Kelsey's a competitor. There are stories about how awesome his speech was Saturday night and how fired up he was and Peter King wrote about how fired up he was during practice during the times that he was the pool reporter that's all well and good but I mean like I said if that would have been a a, a head coach of lesser build dude would have gone flying absolutely the interesting thing that we'll never know is what would have happened if they'd lost the game what would have been the fallout of this? Because after they win they the Super Bowl, yep. everybody's you know right. laughing it off like yeah. you said. Andy Reid just says, "Oh yeah, I lost my balance there." <laughs> to use my Cardinals example, 
that win on that Thursday night patched up that hole. Yeah. I mean, that was obviously a window into the dysfunction between quarterback and coach, whether you want to admit it or not. Yes. And look, both of them laughed it off. Jarrett's exactly right. When you win a Super Bowl for the second time in two years, it's easy to glaze over things. Andy right. Reid did exactly that. <laughs> yeah, he caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He, the cheap shot, but that's all right. He did. He was really coming over just go, just put me in. I'll score. I'll score. You know. So that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So I listen. I appreciate him. This he is, also. This is what, like Anquan Bolden going after Todd Haley. Yes. Todd Haley's trying to dial up a play to win an NFC championship game, and Anquan's in his face screaming at him, Why am I not in the game, you idiot? Bad look. Bad look. And I'm a, about as big an Anquan Bolden fan as you'll find. Bad look. And so so then you got, so if that's what it was about, it was selfish driven. It was get me the ball. Yeah. I just love the fact that he wants to play. I, I love the fact, too, that Travis Kelsey said, I don't know if uh, my mic'd up will tell a different story, so I'll just say this. Oh, boy. When is Travis Kelsey not mic'd up? <laughs> yeah. It's like the well, damn then, Truman but, Show but now. Then, but, but then you've got to ask yourself, too, does dude, after the year he's had, is he a little bit, you know... Is he a little bit out over his britches or well, out over his feet a little bit? Is the head getting a little big? Maybe. Yeah. That's what it, I look. I. It's the physical. It con, it's the physical context part of it that made it sort of unique. Yeah. Because the yelling on the sideline. He yelled it, directly into his face. Right into his face. Like yeah. no well, space it's very between loud. Down, down and into his face. Yeah. And yeah. It was it's, it's, very imposing. It's yeah. loud on the sidelines, and Andy's ears are full of pudding. So. Oh. Oh. Okay. But, but it's the physical contact that made it sort of a unique thing that you don't usually see, especially with player and coach. Oh. That I'm surprised that there hasn't been an apology from Travis Kelsey, yeah. even if it's just. Well, listen, Performative. here's here's what I think. I think a couple of different things. Number one, you, you don't have to go back that long to see Tyreek Hill losing his mind on the Chiefs sideline. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of discipline in that program, and it's it's very fortunate that they win at the end of the day that Andy Reid is a great coach because I think the players ultimately reel themselves back in. But I think this is probably what Eric Bieniemy that the one thing that Eric Bieniemy brought the Chiefs was probably that because it's probably not a coincidence incidents that this year without Eric Bieniemy is the year when they've got all these yo-yo wide receivers who can't catch the football because there's nobody to dress them down. Not only just not catching the football, but just sliding up off sides, right? Yeah, right. Plays. All these stupid uh, mental errors. Well, uh, we we heard specifically this year in Washington what a like hard ass and, Eric Bieniemy so is. He was that was that's probably what he brought the Chiefs. Well, the the guy that was going to yell the the bad cop. That's yeah. what Eric Bieniemy must have been. Guess who's going to be on the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff next year? Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey also man, offered. Man, are we good on this show? <laughs> we just figured it all out. No, it's. I mean, he's already visited. He visited them last week when they were getting ready for the Super Bowl, and everybody was asked about it, and they said, "Yeah, he might come back. <laughs> Where else is he going to go?" Uh, Travis Kelsey also offered uh, these thoughts on Andy Reid as a head coach. I got the greatest coach this game has ever seen. He's unbelievable at not only dialing up plays and having everybody prepared, but he's one of the best leaders of men that I've ever seen in my life. And um, 
he's helped me a lot with that, with channeling that emotion, with channeling that passion. And um, I owe my entire career to that guy and being able to um, kind of control um, how, how emotional I get. And um, I just love him, man. Seems like a weird, weird thing to flex on there. <laughs> channeling your emotion after you nearly gave him a heart attack yeah, on the side. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's, I mean, it's true. Uh, Chiefs fatigue. Kelsey fatigue. Ooh, what's what's greater right now? Kelsey, Kelsey fatigue. Kelsey might be ahead by a nose. Yeah, I think Kelsey is taking that over. Yeah. And I also I feel like we're in for a summer of even more Kelsey overload. Well, well listen, because yes. now he's going to start yeah. filming even more commercials and making more talk show appearances. There was stuff. a there yeah. was a story in I think Women's Health magazine. That examined the kiss between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and what the body language said about their relationship. And they literally had numerous quotes from experts. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm getting off this train right now. Well, what did uh, they bye think? Bye. I'm yeah. off the train. They, 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 they thought all the body contact after the game su- suggested a real warmth and a real comfort oh. between the two. Oh, they like yeah. each other? There were numerous, there was, yes, they like each other. There were numerous points of touching, but it wasn't too firm and it wasn't in a controlling way. It was in a very caring way. Yeah. She yeah. was with him at the club till 5.30 a.m. apparently. Wow. And his He's maniac got the brother. the full weight of his yeah. head on top of her head. Yeah. And there's merging of skin. See, Ew, I what, hate that. See, merging of skin. <laughs> merging of skin. Oh, terrible name for a band. <laughs> what we need to balance out the Travis fatigue is more Jason. And guess what's coming, guess what's coming on that front? He's going to get a primo analyst job. Mm. He's, he's an even bigger character than Travis. Is. I, it's unbelievable. I find him eminently more, more likable. Same, same. Way more likable. Way more. So- he just comes I, off as an every dude. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Kelsey, like I said yesterday, comes off as the. Uh, you know, Travis comes off as a meathead. Jason, you can tell, is pretty smart and, and funny. I don't think Travis necessarily is funny. Do you know what I mean? Jason and what he did with that with that Eagles championship rally. The mummer. Yeah. The mummer. There's a desire to cradle between Travis. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop no, looking see, at this. I'm glad. These I'm glad. are the phrases. A desire to like cradle. A, I need a shower. Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I had to read it, y'all had to hear it yeah. too. No, listen. I I was I was like nearly retching when I read when I, I read through say, it. That's I know. Not what Wolf calls a cradle. I hope. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. For the record, not like a baby, but uh, th- the way he's holding her head. Right. Yeah. But maybe right. also like a baby. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Y'all learned something. Where did you, where, what site is this on? Women's, women's Health. Women's Health. Wow. <laughs> A legitimate publication. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. I just clicked. Have you seen it? That's two clicks they got from this show. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't wait to check it during the break. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show or phrases like desire to cradle or merging, merging of skin. skin. It's the Bickley and Murata show podcast. It is brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. Coming up next, Bick used the word fallout. Definitely an apt term to uh, continue the conversation about this year's WM Phoenix Open. Lots of reaction. And uh, Bick's got a lot of thoughts on it. Next, Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Hey, it's Wolf. What can the Arizona Cardinals learn from Super Bowl 58? We'll tell you at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. People being carried in on stretchers. Okay. People not able to come down the stairs, not knowing their names. Okay. Uh, we were receiving bribe after bribe to get into the 16th hole. Kids that had enormous amounts of money, we can't figure out how to get the money to get into this thing. But it was mostly the alcohol. People falling. On my way out Saturday night, I saw three men down on the sidewalk bleeding. I don't know how they got down there. Wow. But, yeah, we had a woman carried out on Friday evening who couldn't even tell us her name. And a bartender came down to me who had been serving this woman. And she was really nervous. She said, can they sue me? Oh. She says, I was, I was told to keep pouring no matter what. Mm. Wow. You, you can't do that. Yeah. At a bar, you got to cut people off at some point. And I asked her that. Weren't you told to cut her off? She said, no. We were told to keep par- to keep pouring. They're here for a party. Okay. And they paid a lot of money to get in here. Fallout, indeed. That is the voice of um, an anonymous mm. security guard who worked the WM Phoenix Open for a portion of the tournament. She mm. joined uh, Outspoken. With uh, Gatos and Bruce on KTAR News yesterday, um, painting quite the picture. And other people have painted Mm -hmm. that picture as well. Uh, And that was one of the reactions we had to the tournament. Hey, Nick Taylor wins it. Great. Went into into a a playoff. Great golf. Mm -hmm. But everybody was talking about the periphery of the event and and the people at the event Mm -hmm. to the point where... They were already the Thunderbirds have already come out and said, "Yeah, we we need to make changes." Right, and they were talking about making changes during the midst of what was going on on mm-hmm. Saturday. Apparently, yeah. Listen, so so when you get down to all of this, and and there's also a great exchange uh, between Teo Mackey of the uh, Arizona Republic and Zach Johnson, and Zach Johnson kind of, kind of, um, sort of symbolizes everything I think went wrong on Saturday, and that is basically not only did you have a crowd that was was very, very inebriated and very electric and very much into kind of getting under golfer's skin, which is not really that rare at that tournament, but you also had terrible conditions and golfers were worn out. Zach Johnson in this exchange um, with a reporter from AZ Central said he had played 54 holes of golf in the last two days and he was very emotional right now and physically and mentally he was just done. So there was a lot of that. So if you're the Thunderbirds, you can sit here and, and you can diagnose this problem as mostly weather driven and I happen to agree with that as somebody who was was out there over the course of the entire tournament I happen to agree with that but at the same time you need to get these golfers back you don't want guys volunteer even though this tournament can survive without top notch golfers doesn't mean you don't want to keep them coming back on some level um, I, I know that there's been a there's been a, a school of thought inside uh, the Thunderbirds for a while that do, do we need to dial this thing back do we really need to severely limit capacity and just emphasize experience it, it's really it, it's quite a fine line to be kind of straddling right now because you asked me yesterday a very interesting question 
And that is, what do you think the PGA Tour thinks about what went down this weekend? I'll tell you right now, I think the answer is complicated. Because if you've got a tournament that looks this relevant to a city and, and really pops like this tournament does, that's exactly what you need right now if you're the PGA Tour. You need to make it look like you still have your product and it still appeals to a lot of people and Live Golf hasn't taken that away from you. So if you watch some of Live Golf over this past weekend in Vegas, it was a joke. I was watching John Rahm tee off of this course in Vegas and there was like a chain link fence to his left and I'm like, gee, I wonder what he's thinking about this. Um, Cha-ching! Cha-ching! <laughs> so, so, but then you get to this too. Then you get to the fact, okay, uh, uh, it, were, were people really this dramatically overserved this time? And if so, what do you do about it? This is also something that I think um, is, I, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there about this as well. There was another bartender who went on Facebook Somebody sent me the clip, and this guy is claiming that there were a half million people at the course on Saturday, which is impossible. And he claimed because that, the record is like two hundred thousand, right, right? Right. Yes, and, and that, and they had, and they did limit the amount of GA this year, so that's impossible. And then he also made the claim that people at sixteen were just waving people into the VIP areas where they can get drinks for free. First of all, I'm here to tell you I would be stunned if that was true, and I'm convinced it isn't because to get into VIP VIP, you've got to have a bracelet. You've got to scan it. They're very, very, very careful. Those are the big dollar people up there. They're not letting the unwashed masses in, ma- masses in there. Secondarily, when you do get in there, you have to use that wristband to get alcohol. And there's a limit on them. So you're not going to roll into VIP and people are going to just start handing you drinks. So what I'm saying here, there's a lot of there's a lot of accusations. There's a lot of stuff in the air right now. But at the same time, you don't want to look that drunk. And there are scenes combined with golfer dissatisfaction, combined with the gridlock, combined with the shutting of the doors. Listen, I, I've seen this place. The, way, the level of drunkenness on Saturday, from what I saw, and again, that was the one day I was not inside 16. But the level of drunkenness throughout the course of the tournament was nothing I haven't seen before numerous times. Yeah, but to your point about you know ushering people into 16, and we heard from the security guard on, on KTAR who said they were, they were getting bribe offers. Mm-hmm. Here's another oh, thing. Yeah. She, Listen, I've I've seen that. Yeah, here's another thing she said about Saturday specifically. Um, It was the amount of people that was different from the past. People quit overnight on Friday, so we were so short of security on Saturday. Oh, you mean employees? Employees didn't come back to work. Oh. Correct. Security Mm. and other employees could not deal with what happened on Friday. So when Saturday came, we did not have enough workforce, and there were more people there on Saturday than ever. Okay. Oh, okay. So those dynamics mm. just made it a nightmare. Yeah. Well, so there's that me, to factor. Go, go ahead. No, Beck, I'm I want to. I, I want to factor in my observations on this because I have heard from numerous people that they were letting waving people into the facility Saturday morning. That will never happen again. I can guarantee you that. Because mm-hmm. at some time during the course of the tournament, the Thunderbirds probably had no idea how many people were actually on their course because of that, because of that great crush of people. Just get them in. I, I've got pictures of, of just the points of, conjunct, of, of congestion getting into the tournament. And, and that was one of the breakdowns. So when, when Chance Cosby, who runs the Thunderbirds, and he's a golfer, comes from a golf family, he understands the sensibility of a golfer better than anybody. When he says they're going to make changes, I think that's number one. 
Number one is there are no more waving people, and there's going to be a, a very, very strict accounting of who comes and goes. Um, and then here's, here's the other thing that I take away from the Zach Johnson piece. Everybody hyper-focuses on 16. That's where all the energy is. Yes. It's, it, it, n- golfers don't have a single issue with 16. They know what they're getting into. It's really just white noise now. I go in there, and there's a hum that is prevalent 24-7 inside that hole now because there's so many people and there's so much energy. That hole, by the way, generates $30 million a year. That hole, okay? Um, so so it's it's the people outside. It's the people on the other holes that were inebriated. That, those were the people that got into Zach Johnson's craw. Those are the people who got Billy Horschel angry. So it's so what's happening in 16, golfers are prepared for it, and, and they're mostly able to tune it out because there's so much noise. It's when you get elsewhere and you get the, the, the small grouping of yeah. randos who are getting vile and getting stupid. And you get the mix of those randos mm-hmm. crossing paths with the golfers who maybe aren't playing their best, and the conditions were, were tough. This So you mentioned Zach Johnson playing a lot of golf. Everybody was in that same boat. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a normal four rounds of golf. Over the course of they four were days. Worn down and they the were. La- yeah, they were worn down. It was bad. It was gross outside. And, and it was no weather to be hearing people get up under your skin all the time. It, it made for the perfect storm, yeah. literally. Continuing uh, on the theme of fallout, we gave you the fallout from Kansas City, the winning side of the Super Bowl. There is more damning fallout on the San Francisco side, the losing side of the Super Bowl. And we'll tell you what it is next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.